Vikings versus Texans, GMG pregame show. is back and we're here to talk week four Vikings versus the Texans down in NRG Stadium in Houston. The Vikings will be attending along with the biggest crowd in the NFL so far. They expect over 10,000 people at the stadium. I also expect the roof to be open being the case. It is a battle of 0-3 teams. Neither team has started out the way they wanted to, and both teams have played some pretty good teams to start off with. But first, before we get into it, I'd like to welcome back the one, the only, Mr. Ted Glover. Hell yeah! Ted Glover! What's going on, boys? Dude. How you doing? <laughs> if I was any better, I'd be against the law. Let's light this candle. <laughs> All right. I'm back, back home, baby. <laughs> hey, we got, hey, I know two things. We got Ted Glover here today. We're going to get some straight talk, some straight-ass talk. And secondly, there's no rules. I don't have to follow any rules today. Because with Ted's right. here, there's no rules. Let's go. <laughs> All right, also, back to one, the only, the base ripper, Mr. Drewster. What's up, people? No one gives a shit what I'm doing. <laughs> Rhino, let's roll. Let's and we also have Rhino, the one, the only, the drone master of North Dakota, Rhino. He is the, he is the drone master, isn't he? Mm-hmm. I'll take the title, but I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't you have an accident last week with one of your drones? Uh, yeah. it. Uh, we did a death spiral from about 400 feet, and uh, I spent an hour walking in a cornfield looking to pick up pieces, and <clears throat> not wow. much left. We'll put it that way. I did that once in a helicopter. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> 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 I wouldn't doubt it. You guys yeah. do train on uh, auto rotation. Yeah, in uh, at Rucker, but yeah, that, that's the only time I did. Okay, it, like actually to the ground mm-hmm. in the Huey didn't didn't actually do them to the ground uh, in Chinooks or fifty threes. Oh, meow, meow. that'd be scary. Anyways, so we're going down to Houston. We're playing the Houston Texans, who we know has. Deshaun Watson is their quarterback, who is one of the most exciting quarterbacks in the league. The guy has legs. He can run. He can move. He's got a cannon for an arm. He's accurate. The question is, does he have everything around him needed to succeed? Sound like somebody we know. Um, That's the question. Drew, what sort of numbers do you have for us this week? Ted Glover's back here, man. That is fantastic. Well, well, we'll say one thing. 
Watson's been sacked 13 times, which is a lot for this far along in the season. It sounds uh, like they, they got our offensive line. They're they're currently 19th in the passing game, and they're basically 28th overall. So they're nothing special, uh, you know, in terms of what he's doing and what they're doing. Numbers don't jump off off the page at you. The numbers that do jump off are their their big difference in defense is that they have they're the third best pass defense in football, but they're dead last in run defense. The Houston Texans give up 188 yards a game on the ground. And Dalvin so Cook had one. 181 last week. So they're, you know, being third in the NFL through the air and last in run defense. I hope we sure don't have, we don't have to email Zimmer and tell him how to attack this game because that's basically how you do it. I mean, Watson's always going to be cause you trouble, but the, the numbers, when I crunch the numbers today, Texans are nothing special. And being owned three, that's, that's probably why. I'm kind of surprised. Do you know the Vikings only have three sacks all season? Yeah. yeah. And, and, and Gokwe has two of the three, and then the third one was that uh, Holton Hill pull-up that pushed Phillip Rivers out of bounds a half yard behind the line of scrimmage. Was that a sack? <laughs> that, thought... was, that, was, that was the third sack. Wow. That just seems awfully low, man, for what Viking teams usually pump out. I mean, three games, three sacks, that's part of your defensive problem right there is, is getting to the quarterback and – you know that shuts down a whole drive, shuts down a whole position, uh, possession. But uh, I don't want to go over the Viking numbers. We're pretty much last in everything, guys. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing we really stand out in is rushing offense. We're eighth in the NFL, but defense, the Vikings are thirtieth. They have twenty-sixth rush defense, thirtieth pass defense, and they are thirty-first in scoring defense, giving up thirty-four a game. They need yeah, to start other, playing. Other than that, we're doing really well. The defense is just – we're not going to win unless the defense somehow manages to start playing better. They're not going to win a game. They have to play better. Unless the offense scores more than the other opposing – or scores more than the other team. Yeah, but when you look back at like that, – that, That's kind of how you win all your games, though, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I, but, I mean, I just, but it's the Denny Green formula. We'll go out and score 35 or better and not care about defense. But the problem is when you have a quarterback that comes into the post-game press conference and says, well, we scored 30 points and ran up almost 400 yards. That should have been enough. That that part of it, I mean, I'm not, you know, I know we're moving ahead, not looking back, but that thing right there. That was irritating. More, that pissed me off more than anything else that's happened that this season so far is that, no, I mean, the quarterback should come on there. Okay, you know, we played good until that last snap. That's on me. This is this is my offense. We got to do better. We got to help. You know, it's a team game. We got to pick up when the other other things are lacking. But oh, we did this, and it should be enough. No. I'm one still, more. Still annoyed about that. One more number, and I'll throw it back and just listen for a while. The Vikings are second to last in turnover ratio. The Eagles are the only team worse than us. Yeah, we're, we're minus, minus five. five. Eagles are a minus seven. The bottom line is, guys, if you're, the Vikings are going to give up 440 points a game and 34 points, they're not going to win games. Right. Well, mm-hmm. Houston's right behind them at minus four. Yes, so, they're not. Or right they're ahead of them, small. behind them, however you want to look at that. <clears throat> well, did you know in the last game there was 30 dropbacks for passes, right? And we had the beautiful one from I'm curious on Rhino's uh, thoughts on Justin Jefferson. But out of those 30 dropbacks, 16 of them, or not 16, 18 of them 
Kirk Cousins was pressured at a rate which equals 60% of his dropbacks. So, well, and it seemed like all of them happened, or the majority of them happened in that last drive, but, you know. Right. Well, a couple of things on that last drive. Yeah, I lay part of it on Cousins because, as Zimmer said, it was complete and utter chaos. But I, I lay a bigger chunk of it on Kubiak. I mean, we get a gift and are at our own 40-yard line with a minute and 41 freaking seconds to go, and we're playing like we're down by five with 27 seconds to go in the freaking game. We had time to, to run, sh- throw some short sideline passes. We needed 20 to 25 yards to get into Bailey's field goal range to try to win the damn game. Right. And we're acting like we're down by six with 20 seconds to go. You know, the, the play calling just baffled the crap out of me on that one. Well, Mike Zimmer did change it the next day on Monday from chaos to disaster. He said people that, were doing. That, that makes it all better right there. Yeah, he said people were doing the right things. It's just that they were absolutely beaten. Uh, Bradbury got lifted up and driven back. Uh, Bradbury, he, it could be Bradbury looked like he snapped that ball early because nobody else moved. Uh, it's. It just went I, bad. Bradbury got blown up on the play I, before that, and I yeah. think he was a little gun shy. I, I have a question. Go ahead, Ted. If if you're doing everything right, how do you screw up a a, a center fumble like that? That that ended up going to what third and twenty four, fourth and twenty four, whatever the yeah, hell it was. It was bad. How, yeah. how how can you say that we were doing everything right? If that's how you do things right, they're gonna go zero and sixteen. Just saying. Well, Tank for Trevor. Tank for Trevor. Did, hey, did, I'm, I'm kind of Did Zimmer say that we're doing things right? Is that what he said? Well, I don't know if it was right. He said everybody, they were doing their correct assignments. It, it's it, just that they didn't he, execute he walked, well. What? He walked, he walked it back after he realized that uh, he took a ball peen hammer to the uh, glass at his cousin's ego and, you know, made him feel bad. So he had to kind of walk it back a little bit. Now, on the snap, lover. the oh, snap was an early lover, snap. Man. So, what's that? Come on, what you, what's going on with you and this team? I want to get a little synopsis from Mr. Ted Glover to kick us into gear. You know, I don't know if you guys remember when we talked after the draft or during the draft, during sometime during the off season. We, we said that that the Vikings offense was going to have to carry the defense early on mm-hmm. because you've got what six, seven new starters on defense, mm-hmm. and it was going to take a while for them to figure out what was going on. I, I didn't think the defense would be this bad. I, I thought it would have regressed. I think I think anybody who's followed this team for, for more than a couple months would have figured that out and accepted it. Um, but I don't think anybody saw this bad of a drop-off this fast. I mean, this went from a really good defense to literally one of the worst in the NFL in the span of six months. Seven months? Yeah, the six we injuries doesn't brought in an extra help. defensive consultant, though, so it should have been better. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the thing, you know, and, and this is, I think, what we're seeing is kind of the culmination of two or three <clears throat> bad years, two or three years of mostly bad personnel decisions. You look at, you look at everything the Vikings have done since the end of, I would argue, 2017, and you can go back with the offensive line farther than that. I mean... The, the offensive line has just been this this mysterious freaking alien ancient aliens black hole 
conspiracy theory something, I don't know what, going back farther than that. Is such a thing even possible? Yes, it is. But but most personnel decisions the Vikings have made since the end of 2017 have been have been the wrong ones. Yeah. From signing Cousins, I, I still I, it doesn't matter. I, you know the 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 trade of Diggs. I, I mean, I, this is what I don't get. If you're if you're gonna say, look, we're gonna put a lot of young guys on defense, so we're gonna need the offense to carry a lot of weight, and you trade arguably your best playmaker on offense. What are you, what are you saying to your defense? What are you saying to the fans? What are you saying to the rest of the team? And and it's and it's now with with COVID nineteen and and all the off season irregularities of not being able to do OTAs and mini camps and you just had a late scaled back training camp and no preseason games. You, you're seeing this inexperience and you're seeing this bad roster for the most part. I mean, I hate to say it, but it is. You've got You've got Hunter and Gawkway, Eric Kendricks and Harrison Smith. That's your defense. And right now, Daniil Hunter's out. And I bet he's going to be out a lot longer than than three weeks. I, I'm just with the way the Vikings are with injuries. I think it's going to be. I think it's worse than what they're saying right now because it always is. Um, Rumor has and, it on Vikings Twitter. It's a ruptured disc. Well, then if that's the case, then he's done for. The uh, year. He should be done for the year. Let it heal. And yeah, because at this point, by the time he is, even if he can come back, it's going to be week ten or whatever, and we're two and eight or whatever. What's the point at that point in time? Two and eight? No, we'll just ran off six or eight wins by then. You know, and the other put, thing put down the line of being pale ale there, David. Okay. <laughs> you know, and the other thing is going back to the to the roster. This is you. We saw, we knew the opponents the Vikings had. I mean that that was set. The actual. Week-to-week schedule wasn't set, but we knew the opponents, I'm pretty sure, well before, right at the end of the season. The Vikings knew they were facing Tom Brady, Deshaun Watson, Aaron Rodgers twice, Matt Stafford twice. Um, can't beat Mitch Trubisky if, if – <laughs> it, whatever, just don't even start get me started. But And all the other quarterbacks, Russell Wilson, that's – you know, uh, they got Deshaun Watson this week. And, and they, they went ahead anyways and made that decision to – let all their three starting quarterbacks and Mac Alexander, Trey Waynes, and Xavier Rhodes walk. I, I could understand Trey Waynes. He was asking a lot of money, too rich for the Vikings' blood. But I, I still say they could have tried to keep Alexander and Rhodes. And I, we're seeing we're seeing the effects of those decisions. Everybody says, well, yeah, those guys sucked. I'll tell you what, I would take Mac Alexander and Rhodes back in a heartbeat right now. Rhodes, won, heartbeat. Rhodes won AFC Defensive Player of the Week this week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, and he's ranked the number one corner by PFF. Really? Uh, yeah. Pretty obvious. Pretty obvious to me that that secondary's coach Jerry Gray was the problem. Glad we yeah. fired him. Got rid yeah. of him. Yeah, and the then secondary's the secondary's so much better. Nice, nice move there. And great, how, great job. How many longtime def- defensive assistant coaches left for whatever dude. reason? I mean, yeah, because really the guy that stayed is Patterson, <sighs> defensive line coach, and now he's one of half a dozen assistant. Yeah. Jerry Gray went to went to the Packers. Yep. Did he really? Yeah. yeah. He's, he's uh, running that group over there now. What a clown show. Oh, we, we, we still got uh, Adam Zimmer, though, too, so we're good on that. But let's talk about Justin Jefferson, the basic replacement for Stefan Diggs. Justin Jefferson last week, and Rhino, I want your impression on that breakout game of his. 
I, th- this is what, I mean, honestly, what I expected of Jefferson coming out of LSU, how he played last year. I mean, he had games like this last year and he, and he was the number two receiver on that team. Uh, was it Chase or whatever? I forget his first name, but you know, the guy, the kid that opted out for this year, he, he's, he was their number one guy. Jefferson was their number two, but he was having games like this left and right last year. And it's, nice to see that it's transferred over to the pros. I mean, you know, we were sitting there waiting week one, week two, where the hell is Justin Jefferson? And then week three, he shows up and plays. I mean, he's, he played better in one game than every other first round wide receiver that Spielman has ever drafted combined over their careers. Basically. When you look back at Patterson and tree stump and that kind of stuff, I mean, Jefferson had his coming out party this weekend and hopefully at least it gives the the opposing team somebody else to have to account for now besides Thielen. Unless we do like what we did the last game. I looked at the numbers on this. Jefferson had nine targets. Seven of them were in the first half. None in the fourth quarter. You know, basically the last target that Jefferson had was that touchdown catch. After that, Kirk never looked at him again. I mean, wow. fourth quarter, wow. when, we're, when we're trying to protect, I mean, when we're blowing a, a 12-point lead, and we look at the guy who's having <clears throat> one of the best days of, that a wide receiver in this team has had in years, and oh, no, 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 oh, we're just going to th- throw it at Thielen, throw it at Thielen, throw it at Thielen, forget everybody else. Oh, shit, where's everybody? We're, oh, you know, here we go, you know, just well, I heard something interesting today. Justin Jefferson with his 175-yard breakout game. Any young rookie wide receiver in the league that has had a breakout game of over 150 yards or better, there are only eight of them in the history, and he's number eight. Of course, we know Randy Moss is one. Odell Beckham Jr. is another. And everybody, all those other, uh, Fitzgerald's another, all those other guys on that list are all either in the Hall of Fame or heading that direction. So I think Spielman lucked out on that one. Small sample size, but let's get his jacket for Canton to submit it (laughs) on. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) But one one thing I want to add add on this part of it. Okay, you know, and I I talked about how Cousins' post-game press conference annoyed me watch Jefferson's and they're talking about, you know, you went seven catches, 181 yards touchdown and, and Jefferson sat right there and said, it doesn't really matter because we lost. The goal is to win. I want to hear that shit out of my quarterback, not my rookie. And I mean, I'm, I'm glad I'm hearing it out of my rookie wide receiver, but that's what I want to hear out of my quarterback. Not, well, we scored 30 points and I'll put up 400 yards. That should have been good enough. You know, just, Ran, okay, off the soapbox on that, but you know, Thielen said something similar earlier well, that's this kinda, week. That's kind of that's kind of how you want everybody to react when you got absolutely. <clears throat> you know, you, you also want you don't want you want your head coach to go to his presser and say, first off, before I get into the details, this is on me. This game, this loss is on me, and then continue on with talk about whatever you want. No, we that's, we, we just get we need to play better. That's what a good. Well, head coach he does. was obviously upset. First, you lay it on yourself so the players go, well, that's pretty cool. He's taking the bus. He's getting run over by the bus before he throws us under there, at least. I don't is it that. 
is it obvious though? I mean, you you look at you look at their body language and you, you hear them talk and oh, it's and terrible. You see yeah. you see when they cut images to the sideline, and and it's I don't know, man. It's it's like they're getting ready to take a lunch break from their accounting firm. At well, least for the Cousins. deal I mean, was, and the, we were ahead most of that game. Yeah, we snatched defeat from the jaws of victory, uh, like like you know. But. Okay, but 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 did they win though? No, they didn't. No, it, it came down to the last that's what, two drives. That's what it what it comes down to. It we didn't get the W. We got the L. So again, but uh, speaking uh, of getting the L, we go against the Texans, and both teams, the Vikings and the Texans, have done outstanding getting the L's so far this season. Well, the for one, the Texans are one team that they're coaching and front office is more is probably more incompetent than ours is because you got bill o'brien i mean who traded deandre hopkins for a uh, half-eaten jelly donut and david johnson (laughs) i mean you know one of the best wide receivers in the league for a washed up running back and uh a cup of gatorade you know basically this might be the last hurrah for both these head coaches with these teams yeah, and then next year we'll just switch. We'll get Bill O'Brien, and they'll get Mike no. Zimmer, and we'll keep on going. <laughs> it's uh, it's going to be, I don't know, every week's an adventure now. I think, you know, on paper we got a chance of, of winning this game, but, you know, we've got still too many mistakes, lots this, of mistakes. This is a game we should win. Oh. <laughs> I didn't say oh, it. I go. didn't <laughs> say it. <laughs> oh, well. You know what my dream for this show was? What? Since we're coming off the presidential debates last night, Uh, I wanted to have Ted Glover and Dave Stefano debate Mike Zimmer. That was my dream, but I know it's not going to happen, but I I at least got to tell you how enjoyable that would have been. We're not to that point. We'll get there, most likely, but we're not to that point yet. Dave doesn't want no part of that shit. (laughs) He's gonna have to get a little bit of time for his notes to debate to uh, prepare for that Zimmer debate. <laughs> now, speaking of which, though, since you brought him up, I'll bring him up. All right. There's two press conferences he's had this week. Three. There's one after the game, but then there's one Monday and there's one today. Now, Courtney Cronin today was talking about how we can quickly see things go into the finger pointing realm like they did back in 2018 when, as Rhino said, you had your quarterback saying, hey, we did 300-some-odd yards, we did our part, you know, type of stuff, that you might get offense pointing fingers at defense, defense at offense, coaches at this, coaches at that, right, et cetera, et cetera. Well, Mike Zimmer had two press conferences. On the one on Monday, he said something that sent off a flag In itself, it's innocuous, but it made me wonder. He was asked by one of the reporters of, with all the defensive injuries, and we have, you know, we've documented that. There's six starters out and a backup out. Um, Are you looking to bring somebody in, somebody of veteran presence, especially when we've got rookies and young guys on the outside that are absolutely doing poorly? And his response was, 
I just try to coach the guys we have here. They, meaning the front office, are always looking out for players. Right? And when when it what keyed off in me was they are always looking out for players. As in, I don't have a choice. They give me what I got, and I got to coach them. Um, and he said, we're going to continue to try, try to make these guys better every week, and they have improved, which statistically they have. Now, that was the first comment, and it was that <laughs> they wonder Jesus if he's pointing Christ. at Spielman. And then today he said um, – Spielman told one of the reporters that Mike said blah, blah, blah to the team, and then Mike got sort of angry and said he shouldn't say what I say to the team. I'm wondering if there's a starting of a rift. A schism. A schism between the head coach and Rick Spielman. You're just you're just cluing into this now, Stefano? Come on, man. Hey, I'm a little slow. It's Spielman's fault. That's what you're trying to say. It's Spielman's fault. No, I'm not saying. Well, no. When it comes when it comes to finding offensive linemen, it's Spielman's fault. Um, and quarterbacks and various other positions yeah. on the team. Uh, again, I just I just think um, again we're we're seeing the cumulative effects of two or three off seasons of poor decisions. Roster depletion. I yeah. mean, that's that's what it is. It's roster depletion. We're, now, we're, over, we're overpaying for guys that we shouldn't have, and we're it, it's catching up to us. You know, some of it was was missed draft picks, and every team does that. I, I don't I don't get too wrapped around the axle about some draft picks, but you can you can go back and argue the the draft philosophy of Rick Spielman. You know, trading down and trading down and trading down, and and ending up with nine or ten guys when you could have had six guys of more quantity as opposed to, to quality. Um, and now you've got 10 or 11 guys and half the, half the guys don't make their final 53. And I, I and, just, then he, and then he does it again. And then he yeah. keeps doing it over. That's the yeah. thing that's nice. The head scratcher about it. And you know, and you, you did the, you did the contract extension with, with cousins that oh. you could have gotten out of and, and gotten pretty healthy with the cap next year. And, and you're not, and, and now you look at the cap is expected to probably shrink mm-hmm. substantially because of the weirdness of, of this COVID-19 year. And I, I don't know, man. I, I mean, this this feels – I mean, when you're 0-3, everything is amplified. When you don't – and when you look bad, when you're a bad 0-3, and, and, and there's – and the Vikings are – make no mistake, the Vikings are a bad 0-3. You guys were talking about moral victories and this and that on, on the on, – <laughs> in the Raw show. There's no moral victories in the NFL. They right. look – bad they played bad they just did you could talk about the offense the offense is so good they could have gotten 25 yards in a minute 44 and won the game they should have they sure. did the the defense sucks the defense <clears throat> flat out sucks and that is all on mike zimmer the offense the offensive philosophy was brought in by mike zimmer and it's being poorly executed by gary kubiak to the point where the texans are one of the worst run defenses in the nfl I wouldn't be surprised to see Dalvin Cook go for four yards, three yards, and then Kubiak called 35 straight passes. That's what I would. <laughs> I, I, I bet we're going to see. It wouldn't surprise me. I, I don't. I don't think you could. In the long term, I don't think you could separate 
uh, whatever Dave was just talking about, the the Spielman, the Spielman and Zimmer together. They built this fucking mm-hmm. thing together. Together. And Cousins is tied with All them. the blame, together. Both get blamed. It's blamed together. There's no, you can't separate it because those are the two guys responsible for the whole thing. So to sit and try to minim, minimize who's, you know. All my Spielman, point was it's getting more public or it looks like it is. There's, there's warning flags that are going up that this is getting more public. Yeah. Which is which is a bad sign. If Zimmer, the way the body language is and the fan base, the way the the way everything is bubbling the volcano, if he survives this season, from what I've seen over my 50 years of football, he'll be the first coach to survive this shit that I've ever seen survive it. Because I, we'll see. when things get this bad, they don't survive it. I, they don't. I can't. I, I think if they lose this Sunday, which I think they will, I mean, they just can't – they don't play well against very good quarterbacks. And Deshaun Watson doesn't have a, a lot around him, like you guys said, but there's less on the Vikings' defense that can stop Deshaun Watson from completing passes and making plays. Yeah, um, we're giving up 50, 60 yards to guys that nobody's ever heard of before. Pl- plus they're on the road. We, we know how well the Vikings historically do on the road with, you know – Mm-hmm. I mean, they went four and four last year, but that was kind of an anomaly. I, I, I don't know, man. I just th- this seems like it's it's starting to build. The pressure's building, like like Drew said with the volcano. And and if you know if if you're a defensive genius and you have produced the three worst statistical games back to back to back in mm. Minnesota Vikings history, end of your something's career. Gotta, yeah. yeah, something's got to give, man. I mean. Les, Les Steckel sat back last week and said, I'm off the hook, baby. Not my <laughs> Not show. quite Not yet. Not anymore. quite yet. Zimmer, <laughs> Zimmer started off with the worst than Les Steckel. He started off with the three for this worst start yeah. in Vikings history. So how, how well, am I it, supposed to pat that guy on the back? There, am I supposed to was, blame the assistant coaches? I mean, come on, man. Yeah, there was a stat I saw after the game or on Sunday. This Vikings team, the defense, has given up the most – yards in three games in the history of the franchise yep we're like at 1320 yards or something like that the previous record was like 1312 back in 1985 like that does and that includes the strike season where they played scab players right the scab players weren't as bad than the guys that were paying millions of dollars yes defense yes (laughs) how do you how do you as an owner not I mean, doesn't Wilf kind of look like a horse's ass right now with the extensions? I mean, he can't be happy with what he's seeing. He just drinks a lot of martinis. I mean, and and he may, and he's not, and he's probably not going to fire anybody mid-season because there's no point to that. Oh, our boy well, Flip Mozzie. Flip Mozzie says, oh, and 5 he would expect Zimmer to he, be fired. That's what Flip I, said. That's what Flip does. I don't expect Ziggy to. Ordinarily, I would agree with that. But, okay, you fire Zimmer. Who the hell are you going to put in? Are you going to put... Promote Does it Kubiak. matter? Does it matter? What the hell? What the hell better is it going to be with Kubiak running the show? Does it matter? And it may not even be Kubiak. Kubiak may say no. I got. I got okay, Marlon Maloof. Boys. I don't know. Whoever. Two, I mean, two two words. Marlon Maloof. Adam Zimmer. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I feel much better now, Ted. Thanks a lot on that. One. Now. No, I. But no, you're right though. I, 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 if this, if this keeps up like this bad. Zimmer's not going to last the season, and Spielman f- will follow him out the door at the end of the year. I sure to hell hopes. So. I mean, 
If if you get rid of don't one, bet you on almost it. have to get rid of them both. Well, yes. you know, you should get rid of them both, but don't bet on and, it which, which before mean, the end of the season because I don't story, see the, the Wolves doing You're the owner of this team, Ted. What can Mike Zimmer come in and tell you that's going to make you want to go with him for the next year? At this point, not a lot. I, I mean, look, there's 13 games left, and they could, you know, we, we think the defense will get better. I mean, I they have good players. I mean, the, the, the guys they drafted to play had pretty good careers coming out of college. Um, so you think at some point they'll get better. They just seem to be getting worse. I, I mean, I kind of expected a, a, a rough start. I mean, I did, but they're actually, they seem to be regressing, and that is what's more on the defensive side of the ball, and right. that's what's more troubling than anything else. So right now, there, there's nothing there's nothing anybody can say. Actions speak louder than words. So just, you know, just let, do it. Coach them let, up and make them play better, or you'll be gone. Let me, <laughs> let me pass along a little conversation I have with a Viking fan, and this is kind of telling to me. We're talking about all this that we're talking about now. And the person said to me, well, Drew, you got to understand, this is every other year is Zimmer's year. And I said, okay, I, I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's what he was saying. I, you know, you got, you know yeah. how we go at the playoffs and we don't go. And the guy, and the person I was talking to said, every other year we're making a run at it. That's pretty good. And I stopped for a second and I go, that's the mindset problem right there. That's the fucking mindset problem. Every Why do we other accept year that? is good. Every year. It's yeah. supposed to be every fucking year. We, Not we, every other we year. Accept, we accept mediocrity as but, Yeah, good. when I was talking to him, he said, well, it's pretty good, Drew. You can't really expect it. No, I expect every fucking year. If you're okay with every other year, that's the problem. Well, 150% agree. Fuck. Now, if you look at it, the defense no. has some very talented players. We have Hunter. We now have Ngakwe. We have Pierce on the front line, right? All we need is that three technique. Now, both Pierce and Hunter are out, and Ngakwe is getting overwhelmed except for a few pass rushes, and we knew he wasn't good at against the run. It would be better almost if he moved as a pass rushing specialist and bounced around. Ngakwe is like a Jared Allen, good against the yeah. pass, not so much against the run. Whoa, 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 whoa. We have Eric Kendricks, who's one of the best whoa. linebackers in the league. Time out. Anthony Time Barr out. is good. Time out. What? can't handle the smoke. Yannick Ngakwe is a pass rush specialist. $12 million a year, you want to say he's just a pass rush specialist? No. Yeah, that's what they get paid for. Play him every down until he passes out. I'm right, not. well, I agree. Play him, but... Um, <laughs> But his skill is pass rushing versus run stopping. Um, linebackers, you have Eric Kendricks, who's one of the best in the league, and Anthony Barr, who's good, right, for the most part. Too solid. Good for, we good for the most part, overpaid for what he is. Right. Where are we going with this? Where are we and going? we have Harrison Smith, and we have Ant Harris in as safeties. So there is talent there, but it's not – all available right this second, which is causing problems. And I know you guys say, well, Zimmer should coach him up. Well, you there's a talent level difference. You can only coach Peewees to be so good. You can't coach him to win a Super Bowl. It, it takes time, and it takes God-given gifts for a lot of these players to meld together. They're looking real good. What you'll hear if you're listening to Vikings Twitter and all the – Viking sphere of uh, podcasts and radio and everything else, 
is that they're setting up for 2021. The question is, will they make it that far? Because they're not, they don't have a lack of talent. There is talent there. It's not across the board, but there's a bunch of talent there. It's just half the guys. Sorry, man. Go ahead. Finish it's up just right a there. bunch of it's missing right now, and you got young corners that it this shit's new to them. When when the Vikings had so many injuries in 2016, primarily to their their offensive line, right right off the bat, they still managed to go five and zero. Oh. You could argue that was that that five game stretch was Mike Zimmer's opus in terms of of getting the most out of his team. And you know what? You know one of the reasons they went five and zero oh is because they had well they made that trade for Sam Bradford, mm-hmm. but they had a really solid bench until the offensive line got to the injuries where they had to sign dudes off of the third street. road two hours yeah. before the yeah. game. They, the, what you're seeing today, again, I go back to roster and personnel decisions they've been making for two or three years. They've paid a lot of money to guys that probably don't deserve it, and that that <clears throat> rippled down to them being able to sign good backup players, which they don't have. They don't have a good. They don't have any depth on defense, and we're seeing that play out. Yeah, we're just yeah. seeing it play out, and there's nothing you can do. And you you can say, well, that's not Zimmer's fault. Well, I would argue it is Zimmer's fault because he wanted his guys. He wanted Ev Griffin. Ev Griffin. He went to he went to bat for Ev Griffin two or three times. He went to bat for Anthony Barr, and they came up with a lot of money for him. And, and I just man, they they have made. They have made their bed, and they are going to have to lay. They'll have to lay in it. Yeah. There, there is nobody to blame for the lack of depth and everything else, other than two people: Rick Spielman and Mike Zimmer. Mm-hmm. I don't those, disagree. Those guys are the ones that are making and and going. Ted said it perfectly. I mean, we're spending all this money on tier one, and then tier two through five or whatever, we're filling up with the seventy-five seventh-round picks that. Spielman drafts, you know, that guys that are journeymen at best most of the time, mm-hmm. maybe role players, you know, but now we've got those guys are playing significant roles because the guys we are paying the big money to, we've got two or three guys out. So we're putting somebody who isn't a starter, probably never should be a starter, starting. Has to start. Has right. to start. Yeah. Now, going back to what Dave just said about the Zimmer and coaching the Peewees and he can't be expected to do all this. Well, you know what? That's why you have good positional coaches to lean on, like Jerry Gray. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I can't. That's what you use your good position. But no, 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 wait. We're going to let him go. Let him go. Zimmer so, has you know, made a reputation for himself that he's difficult to work with for other coaches. Well, and that's Zimmer. That's Zimmer's home. fault. He's a dick. Yeah. That's Zimmer's fault. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, that was like I was, you know, watching some stuff today. You know, they were talking about, okay, if the offense continues to flounder or whatever, it was uh, it was actually on Purple Daily, and Courtney Cronin was on there, and they asked her, you know, okay, what is uh, Kubiak going to be a scapegoat here before long? And she made the comment, he really can't be because if – that would be the third offensive coordinator in five years to get let go during the season. What and does that you start, you? you start doing that, who's going to want to come work for us right. under under Zimmer? I mean, you had DeFilippo, which, okay, 
I still think that was a knee-jerk reaction. They hired him to try to figure out how the hell Philadelphia kicked our ass in the NFC Championship game. And they picked the only guy in the offense that didn't know how it happened. <laughs> <laughs> then you had Norv Turner, who, you know, him and Zimmer had been friends forever, and then all of a sudden they got in a pissing contest and Norv walked off. You know, and now if Kubiak can't keep it right, that would be three. I mean you're basically going to be down to having, you know, the assistant tall boy's second cousin coming in to be offensive coordinator because he can't find anybody else that's going to work with Zimmer, you know. You know what? He's he's the head coach. He's responsible. We could talk about this for a fucking week. Your head right. coach is responsible for your team. I don't know what else to tell you. Yeah, I agree. Um, He puts the staff together. Yes, he does. He's the head coach. You just don't get – you don't get all the praise and get absolved when things start going to shit. Things right. are in shit land. You just say we, you, ju- you just say we have to play better, and then everything's fine. You need even. I don't <laughs> want to hear injuries either. To head coach, things happen. You make your team. You find out a way. That's why you're the head coach because you're supposed to be a step ahead of everybody else on figuring this shit out. I'd argue they had more injuries in 2016, but they had a they had a deeper bench, and they were in it until week 15 or 16 when when the offensive line just. Well, the was, offensive was line went to what about by five weeks, himself? five he and six was going to shit. He doesn't look like the same coach he was the first three years. He's no, he defeated. No, he, so, he, he looks like he's been beat down and just tired of it all. And sometimes you know, that happens. He, That's not he, a rip he, on he, him. That's the first, the first couple of three years, he, he, I mean, he was fiery. He was on, you know, on the sidelines. He was back and forth. He was yelling. He was doing this other stuff. And now, I mean, you look at, you look at his theory. stuff now and it's, okay, let's hear it, Dave. Traditionally, in the Air Force, Ted and I know. Oh, here we go. An airman <laughs> so could be out. Me and Rhino step out of the room. No, now, no, we don't know. But this this applies to everybody. Uh, an airman can go be outstanding, but Thank as you. soon as he gets that main squeeze on the side, his performance usually takes a dip. What is so, so you're bl- so you're blaming uh, Zimmer's supermodel girlfriend for the fact that we suck. That's part of it. Now, so it's uh, that, that may be his attitude. I don't know. That's, that's just yeah. a theory. So we add that add that right under assistant coaches, players, <laughs> Spielman. That, let me add that to the Girl, Mike yeah, Zimmer hot ass girlfriend. Girlfriend. Um, girlfriend. We gotta Mike remember Zimmer. Spielman hired Zimmer. So with that, any last words on the Houston Texans? And this game, which we are four, four and a half points underdogs. Drew? See, in the Air Force, when you raise your hand, you get called on first. <laughs> Jesus. No, you um, do I'm going you, you back. Drew. I'm, go- I'm going back to the In the Raw show. After the game with that team from Wisconsin, Flip Mozzie asked me, Drew? You saw that mess today. When do you think this team will get their first win? And I told Flip, I think it's a Texan game. So I'm gonna roll with I'm gonna roll with my initial that happened. That seemed like it was a year ago, didn't it? I mean, didn't that it, seem a long ass time ago? It does. But I'm gonna go with what I told Flip and say, this will be our first win. So I'm gonna have to stick to my word there. I think we get the win. Twenty like twenty twenty seven, twenty four, something tight. Both teams give up over thirty, so it's gonna be a, probably a shootout. But I think this is the week. You know, one of them's got to win. To fuck it up besides Zimmer, it's got to be Bill O'Brien. So I'm giving us a shot this week. I think we get our first win. Rhino. 
I mean, I'm, you know, I kind of agree with Drew on this one. I mean, you know, for all the God awfulness and incompetence and stuff that we've had all season. And, and I've said this, a lot, you know, every show that we've done this year, one of these days, these guys are going to come out and play with some goddamn pride and say, Hey, we're professionals. We've been embarrassing ourselves all goddamn season. We're get we are, we're a team. We're supposed to be here. We are professional players. Let's freaking act like it. And like Drew said, you know, there's probably two, maybe three organizations in the NFL that are more incompetently run than we are, and the Houston Texans are one of them. <laughs> so, I mean, I if we're going to get a win in this stretch up until the bye week, I think it's this game. So, And Kirk said 30 points and 400 yards is enough, but I no. think we're going to have to get like thir- like – 33 this this week so i'm going to say 33 27 we we eke out a win and the ship kind of ballasts itself for another week before it completely dives underneath the water <laughs> but uh there we go two wins two and oh <laughs> ted i feel like i feel like aragorn riding the horse saying not this day 38 28 <laughs> texans i i just this team is, is a dysfunctional mess. They just are. Oh, I'm not um, going to disagree yeah. with that at all. I, yeah. I don't. I don't. I don't think they have the capability to to stop Deshaun Watson. I, I just. You you look at him as a as a playmaker. He's probably one of the two or three best individual playmakers in the NFL. And the Vikings do not have a pass rush. They do not have a have a secondary that can cover. And and I think he is going to chew up the Vikings and spit them out. I, I think the Vikes. Will probably keep it close through halftime, and then, and then they'll do something stupid. It'll be a dumb turnover. I mean, it, it's it, it's the script has been played out three three times so far this year. They're gonna they're gonna commit a dumb turnover, and it's gonna give the Texans a two score lead, and they're gonna start playing catch up, and it's gonna get worse, and and they're gonna lose, and it's they're gonna get steamrolled in the, in the second half. They just are, and Mike Zimmer will come in and say. Well, you know, we just need to play better. We need to play better fast. <laughs> well, I hope to see a little bit of Irv Smith Jr. Uh, he's been missing this season. Who? Who? <laughs> Irv Smith Jr. What? 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 Second round pick? Oh, yeah. he's still developing? Yeah. Oh, okay, well, wait. He's been we, can't, we can't rush this stuff, Drew. And I hope to see the game on time. As most fans know, there's the COVID scare. Uh, some Tennessee players tested positive. Uh, it was their nose tackle and their long snapper. There was a third one, but they didn't play. Um, so they're testing and they're testing. Vikings still haven't practiced except for virtually. But what is that? hopefully oh, it's sorry, on time. Dave, we're all listening to you. What were you saying? Yeah, you're all showing that helmet and that T-shirt. December 12th, we're going to whip your ass. Just like we have been doing. <laughs> sure. Hey, Mike. <laughs> Anyways. I, I, do the, I do do the Zimmer with the Wolverines, don't I? I like our chances this time. Yeah, 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 yeah. Everybody, have a great week. Have a better weekend. Enjoy your favorite beverage. If you're out in the woods hunting, because it's hunting season, be safe. And as always, go Vikings! Thank you for watching or listening. As always, if you like subscribe and ring the bell for notifications and if you're listening to the podcast please rate us on your favorite aggregator skull everybody <laughs>